Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Welcome back to Rooster Road Trip, day number five. At, uh, it is early in the morning uh, in darkness on Sunday as we fuel up our vehicles at a Sinclair station in Lewistown, Montana. And we were greeted this morning with about an inch of snow on the ground. Temperature is 30 degrees and light flurries. It's supposed to uh, be uh, light flurries for the next couple hours and then snow is to pick up as the day progresses. And we might get three to five inches of snow here in Lewistown today. The heaters are going. We've scraped the uh, ice off the trucks. It's a... <laughs> Uh, kind of a shock to the system. It was 80 degrees three days ago. Uh, went to windy, super windy went as the cold front moved through. Uh, rain yesterday and snow today. So we've gone through uh, summer, I guess spring slash fall, <laughs> and now winter has arrived. So, uh, but as tends to be the case, uh, that first snow of the year can be very good. For pheasant hunting so fingers crossed we'll close out rooster road trip 2022 in montana with a bang rooster road trip number 13 lucky number 13 a montana mixed bag edition coming at you with the final episode well close to final we'll have one more um, but this is the uh, culmination of the hunting uh, today we we hunted coffee creek in the snow it was winter has come to montana and we're gonna provide a really fun um play-by-play -play of a and probably my favorite hunt of the trip i certainly hard to argue against the first day with all the sharpies <laughs> at hunter it's really hard to argue against first day with all the sharpies if you're listening but i do love winter and i loved today um First of all, thank you to our Rooster Road Trip sponsoring partners, Browning, Federal Ammunition, Ruffling Kennels, Apple Autos, Sound Gear, and Garmin. Um, please be sure to check out the membership offer at roosterroadtrip.org. We'll tell you how to win a Browning shotgun here in a little bit. Um, we got all kinds of content rolling at roosterroadtrip.org. All the podcasts, all the videos, and some just... They, arguably the best photo gallery we've ever been able to put together with Rooster Road Trip. We had um, two videographers and a photographer. Um, and that's, well, I guess we've had that in uh, the last couple of years. But uh, the setting and seeing doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, yeah. The, the diversity of um, you know, the settings with uh, different habitat, the mountains. Um, the changing of the seasons right before our eyes. Um, so introducing uh, the participants who I'm talking to, Andrew Vaver, Director of Marketing and the leader of Rooster Road Trip, uh, is chiming in to my right, going around the horn, Renee Tamala, Senior Regional Representative from North Dakota. You met her on the last episode. Chad Harvey, Regional Representative for Montana, Washington, Idaho. Oregon, Alaska. Canada. Do I hear Hawaii? Canada. No, Hawaii? Like, I turned that one down so I could get Alaska. What? <laughs> Were you hitting the head? You turned it down? I mean, come on, Alaska, Hawaii. Like, I can't have them both. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think David is technically Hawaii. That, that was pretty good from memory. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. not do that. <laughs> well, that was wrong about Hawaii. I, I yeah. thought. I, I can't believe you turned it down, though. That's a different podcast yeah. for a different day. Right. We've got to have a chapter. Do we, we, uh, we have historically had a chapter in Alaska. Yep. And we have, have historically had one in Hawaii, but not currently. Yeah. So if anybody's listening from Alaska or Hawaii, uh, chime in and, you know, let's get one going. And we do have a few in Canada. Mm -hmm. And how many in Montana these days? Uh, 14. 
14 chapters in Montana. Yep. Where's where's a community in Montana you want to start a chapter that's that's hopefully listening that will reach out to C Harvey, yeah. H-A-R-V-E-Y at pheasantsforever.org and say, I'm the gal or the guy that is ready to start a chapter in. Yeah, I'd say like halfway between where we have couple chapters now on the highland kind of that glasgow malta area somewhere in there okay great bird hunting and we heading over there in a couple days and have a biologist in that area and be good to see uh some volunteers get involved that'd be awesome yeah if you uh reach out to chad from listening to the podcast let him know that uh you listen to the podcast and you we we uh anywhere honestly that you're interested in getting involved with the chapter starting a chapter we we welcome you into the organization pheasants forever or quail forever then Erica Hill, um, you are, okay, I'm tr- the corporate partnerships uh, in, in pro- merchandise. Product development. Product development. Coordinator. Coordinator. I don't know if you had any hand in that title, but I feel like they could have condensed it just a little. I'm not taking any credit. <laughs> no, it's it's a good title. You have a, a wide array of uh, uh, responsibilities. That's a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah, working with our partners. Uh, like those that make Rooster Road Trip possible, and then also working with our merchandise program. So merchandise, what um, anything you're particularly excited about for the current year line of merchandise that you helped develop or uh, pick out? Something that you're like, oh, go check out the Shields website, look at that. It's nice to just have hats again, um, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Hats are the key. Yes, for sure. I mean, we Lots love them. Of We're all wearing them out in the field, and there's yep. always demand, so it's nice that we can have a full supply. I mean, I'm stoked again. about the Alpine Yeti Life Member Cooler. Like, I wanted to buy one of those when they released that color last year. So, that is a good reminder. So we do yeah. have a, a yeah. new Life Member Cooler coming. That's yellow. It's uh, Alpine Glow. Alpine Glow. It's Alpine Glow. So it's a nice shade of yellow. <clears throat> it's not mustard yellow by any means. It's a nice. <laughs> Kind of sunrise, sunset, yellow. Um, and yeah, by the time this comes out, that, that offer will be live. So anybody who uh, signs up to become a life member will receive a free Yeti. I believe it's an 18 soft-sided hopper. Um, it's a very unique uh, color. It's a limited run, so uh, we're pretty lucky to be able to get that. And uh, whether you choose Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever, it'll be logoed appropriately. Uh, and ours is stacked with birds right now. Well, that's good foreshadowing. Uh, Before we talk about the birds we found today in the snow, I'm looking at the November 2007 edition of National Geographic, flipping to page 112, and the title of the article is Hunters for Love of the Land. And there is a very beautiful photo, uh, opening spread of the article, of Coffee Creek, the place we hunted today. And you mentioned, Andrew, in the last couple episodes that, you know, we're going to get criticized a little bit for hot spotting. Um, the reality is, here's an opening spread in National Geographic, Coffee Creek. Pheasant, this is the caption, Pheasant Heaven, sponsored with the effort of the conservation group Pheasants Forever, an 800-acre reserve of land along Coffee Creek, Montana, provides prime wildlife habitat open for public hunting. So, sorry that we're hot spotting it a little bit, but we're more than anything we're celebrating it. And this is it's a it's a we just we just got done hunting probably the most picturesque, one of the most picturesque places that I've been fortunate enough to chase my dogs around. And I, you know, as you grow a little older, you just, and your dogs get older and you appreciate those memories, like, you know, hunting with quill and, 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 and bach, right? And oak and baxter, even you know, with his stogie and his pipe. Twinkle toes floating all over the prairie. And, and Gitchy and Esky, you know, just those, we create a lot of memories in a really beautiful place today. And you couldn't even see Square Butte. So I guess you have, you have to come back and actually get the full view of, of the surroundings. Like it, it, 
it can put on a show in a very stunning way. Not to take anything away from the snow-covered scenery we were walking through today. It was it was great. But uh, I guess you'll have to come back and get, to get the full view. <clears throat> so we did. Um, I looked outside last night about 10 p.m. And it was blizzarding. Now, it wasn't like great big flakes, but it had changed. The rain that we endured yesterday had, had changed the snow. So that's what we battled today. Um, so you're right. I didn't see <laughs> square view because I could barely see a hundred yards at times today. Um, if had I been able to see this landscape, um, in its entirety, Coffee Creek, uh, and you could see all the habitat work done mm -hmm. on Coffee Creek. Tell us a little bit about the history, um, Chad of Coffee Creek, like sure. the, the chapter, how they, how this all came to be public land for everyone. Sure. I mean, first of all, I just say I think the last time you guys were here was 2017. That was five years ago. And in the interest of hotspotting, you guys are welcome back again in five years. <laughs> but, uh, Coffee Creek was, you know, a chapter initiated. So this is the central Montana chapter, number 417, um, here based out of Lewistown. Um, you know, saw this piece of property that was private at the time become available for purchase and, and it's butted up against some state land. And in Montana, you can't hunt, or I should say, you can't discharge a firearm within a quarter mile of an occupied residence on state land. And so they, they thought of this, this piece of property got purchased and developed into homesteads, which was kind of the idea that it would render the public land next to it um, unhuntable, basically, for birds. And so they decided to stick their neck out and purchase this piece of property in 1998. Um, it included 800 deeded acres, and then there's 320 state lease that we have. And actually, the parking area in that first little food plot is actually our state lease right there, next to the, right there next to the parking lot. So they've had it for over 20 years now. Um, what is that, 25 years? Uh, I went into conservation easement, I believe, in 2008. Um, you can see the miles of shelter belt that are put in out there, uh, the food plots that they maintain annually. And, you know, it's the access to this place is protected in perpetuity, you know, with that conservation easement, which, which is with Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. And that includes any recreational walking access year-round. And it's it's home to huns, sharp tails, pheasants, mule deer, um, white tail, white tail, elk. Are there elk out this direction? Maybe the occasional. They wouldn't be common, but okay. you know it's probably one of the rooms through there every now and then. You, you assured me. There wouldn't be any grizzly bears in this, this is true. far east. <laughs> yeah, we're, out, we're out of bear country now, fortunately. Porcupines. There, there are, are porcupines, porcupines yeah. which we had an encounter. Yeah. Confirmed in the nose, yes. Yeah. It is, yeah, I was thinking about this as we were walking. It's um, one of the most physically challenging places that I've hunted pheasants. Like, I think about Mern's quail can kick your tail and chucker. But can you think, Andrew, can you think of any place that's been more aggressive up and down than... Well, between Wolf Creek and Coffee Creek and this whole surrounding area, probably not. It's like, you know, you think of like the sand hills and that kicks your butt for, for sharp-tailed grouse. But when it comes specifically to like, I'm going to go get some roosters, you don't anticipate, you know, getting your daily allotment of like flights climbed, like pinging on your watch within like the first five minutes of your um, so like, it, yeah, there's, there's a lot of up and down and it's kind of addicting though. Cause you're just, like, you always want to go up the next draw go over the next ridge. It's, it kind of keeps everything fresh and exciting. You're, you know, your dog disappears ahead of you and then you're kind of like scrambling up to make sure he doesn't blow up a point without you even seeing what's going on. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I, I welcome the topography cause mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about going back to Minnesota and slugging through some, some cattails in the very near future. Um, but, uh, it's. It's a nice change of pace, and it's just a nice variety for roosters specifically. I would definitely take climbing these hills over slugging through cattails. <laughs> Although, I can't remember falling down more times than I have on this journey. There will be a Bob Sapir blooper reel. So I'm just doing nothing but hitting the deck repeatedly on this trip. And it's, it's not his, his fault. You know, we've been battling some moisture the past two days. And you know you, you cross this these creeks like enough times to go up and down this, this elevation. Like it kind of becomes like that sleepy little gumbo, and like you you want to be smart and use like the, the deer trails, 
And that's even worse because it's already mud. And before you know it, and it's like you're snowboarding down a, down a hill just trying to grab a bush just to save your life. <laughs> that, that is a learned trait. <laughs> Growing up in Michigan and moving out here and having to endure that my first couple of years, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go right up where this dirt is. That should be a nice, easy walk. And like, <laughs> now it's like, I'm going to pick the brushiest, like most amount of foliage <laughs> I can grab onto to like get up those, those creek beds for sure. Like it just takes a little bit of rain to turn good, you know, good dirt into like a slip and slip. <laughs> we can barely get out of the parking area. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it took me, is it all hands on deck, like pushing out the, the little rental cars that weren't as well equipped as the, the Apple Autos truck we were able to, to bring along for the ride. And it's just like, oh man, I, I hope Renee and Erica don't get stuck here because we can't get around or pull them out if they do. They're the first ones to, to go for it. Here we are. Here we are. We made it. <laughs> if you want to find more birds this hunting season, look no further than the Onyx Hunt app. Private and public land boundaries just begin to scratch the surface as Onyx has countless tools to make you a safer and more successful hunter. Onyx is trusted by millions of hunters across the U.S., including me, and you can join them by downloading the app for a risk-free seven-day trial. Use the code pheasants or quail during checkout for 20% off your membership at onyxhunt.com. And you'll be glad to learn that a portion of all Onyx sales using these codes goes back to support Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's wildlife habitat mission, leading to better habitat, more wild birds, and creating more public lands for all of us. Thanks to Onyx. All right, so last I, I mentioned last night, you know, it starts snowing. Who is aware that it started snow, snowing last night, or had anybody gone to bed? We right. did, and then we actually noticed that we lost power three or four times yeah. last night. We lost That's power in the hotel last night? Yeah, yeah. several times. Yeah. And it, I imagine it has to do with the, the wet rain and the heavy ice that it turned into, and yeah, it wasn't great. I slept right through that. <laughs> Between all the callers and like everything being like charged all, all night, huh. every time the power cut and then turn back on, everything bing, 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 and it starts dinging, and then your AC unit turns on again. It's just like, what is going on here? Am I being messed with? <laughs> I, didn't, I had no idea. Slept like a rock last night. Nice. <laughs> um, so you wake up this morning and you see, um, what do you think? There's probably an inch of snow that's iced over onto our windshields. Um, and it was still snowing pretty heavy this morning. What, uh, Erica, what was your thought this morning starting day five when you woke up to see that? Not enough snow. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted more snow. Yeah. Yeah, first snow is so, always so incredible to hunt, and I wanted just a little bit more. And, and that's what was predicted, yeah. right? We were supposed to get three to five inches of snow. And instead, we got sleet. It was slop. Yeah. Yep. And then the farther, uh, I guess, the closer we got to Coffee Creek, it kind of lightened up a little bit, and we saw a little bit less snow than here. And then you started seeing birds out, and I was like, "Dang it! I want you to be tucked in tight over there." <laughs> but it did sort of change again once we got to Coffee Creek. Yeah. Like the, because you're right. We drove through a spot where it like wasn't even snowing. It was even green grass, and then get to Coffee Creek, and it was like full on blizzard. All right, so we get to Coffee Creek, and we leave the trucks, and you had a destination in mind for where we were heading. Head straight that way to this back corner. It's going to be a little bit of a walk. We'll definitely hunt our way there. We'll have to cross Coffee Creek several times again, but we're pros at that at this point. Um, let's try and stay relatively dry, stay safe, have fun. They're out there. Let's just hope they're, they're holding tight. should be a good day. Do it, do it. Coffee Creek, final day, rooster road trip, fresh snow, tight holding roosters. Well, fingers crossed on that. Oh yeah, it was, it was vertical just, again. It was just straight up, that's <laughs> all. Well, there, there's no, you can't get around it. If you, if you start mm -hmm. from the Simon box, either go up a hill, if you're in, look into the property, you're going up a hill to your left, or you're going up an even more significant hill to, in front of you or to the right. Like there's, you're kind of in a little, little you know, basin, if you will. Um, but the previous day when we hunted the property, we stuck more towards probably like the north and east section of the property. 
And the way it's configured, it's got a couple different sections to it. And there's a far, like, southeastern corner. It's just, like, an odd little square kind of off by itself. And there's a, uh, you know, quite a bit of shelter belts uh, in that area. And there's some standing winter wheat and some grass. And um, it just felt like, let's get as far back there as possible. Let's not hunt this like everyone else. You know, with the snow that was on the ground, we figured the shelter belts would be the ticket. We'll go find... Now, plenty of tight-holding birds will be limited out within an hour because that's how long it'll take us to get back. <laughs> um, didn't quite work out that way, but I'm, I'm definitely glad that we put on the mileage that we did and we went and touched that that far section because, uh, truthfully, I'd never actually been that far back before, even though I've hunted this property. And, Chad, I don't think you'd ever been in that section either. I've never hunted that part. I've been, I've been over there in a vehicle for some tours before in the summer. Uh, mm. But yeah, never hunted that far down those shelter belts. So it's cool to see that corner of the property. Before we got to the shelter belts, we were working some brushy cover. Yeah, so when we started in the, like the low little draw, we went across the creek, which we're getting pretty good at. Well, other than you falling down all the time. <laughs> um, and like the very first like incline we, we hit had like brush all over the, the side of it. And, you know, a, a rooster piled out of it right away and my my adolescent voice cracked because <laughs> I was just so excited to be able to yell rooster instead of hen, hen, hen. Like it, my voice just cracked and I'm lucky enough to have, you know, good colleagues that captured that on film for me. So I relive that moment for the rest of my life. But uh, I, I felt like that was a, a good harbinger of things to come. Um, and we did move a lot of birds today. Like we actually take a moment and like, mm -hmm think about the day as a whole it's like wow we there's a whole variety pack involved today and we, we saw a lot of birds um so that got people excited right away and that probably put a little pep in our step and then by the time we get to the top of the first hill everyone just thinks they're stupid because it's like why did i wear all this yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm, I'm smarter than to start cold everyone's like you start cold and then within you know five ten minutes you'll be where you should be <sighs> that's so hard to do, <laughs> especially when it's like sleeting on you. It's mm -hmm. like, so people were cooking a little bit, um, but I think we we're excited just to know that, okay, we're back in the birds again. Well, thank you for prompting the excuse computer because uh, what spit out on the other end was my excuse for missing the first rooster of the day, mm -hmm. which is wearing too many clothes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I'm imagining like little Ralphie from, you know, like, like a Christmas story, just like falling down and I can't get up. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's a classic mistake. Um, like you say, you should leave your truck with a little chill because instantly you're going to warm up. And I was wearing too many layers because I didn't want to be chilly. Um, got over that second ridge, Gitchy locks up on point, pointing at a shrub, and I'm kicking around the shrub, and a rooster, like, tries to squeeze out the back door, but, like, literally, it, tail feather was probably on my butt, right? <laughs> and I swing around, and I instantly got hung up with every piece of clothing I'm wearing, and I, I talked to the camera guy, Nate, afterwards, he's like, Gosh, you took a long time. Like, I couldn't swing my gun. <laughs> and I, I finally, I got one shot off at a bird that literally was, you know, dusted my tail. And I just had a small puff of feathers and it was gone. So I, I was a little behind it. And, I, you know, that was the first shot I'd taken since um, day one with all the Sharpies. Mm. So I, I think anyways, at least maybe, um, you know, put those in my memory, but, um, yeah. So then I started, you know, overthinking it, getting the yips, as they say at baseball, squeezing the bat too tight. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it was the clothes because I never saw your eyes all day. They were just glasses. Covered yeah, right. in, in rain. So. Yeah. I, yeah. My glasses need a cleaning, but yeah. So I was in my head, um, instantly out of the gates, but I, I do love, hunting in snow and hunting in winter and um you know there's a challenge there and it's also just i just think it's just startlingly beautiful so um we all kind of kept our heads up and kept moving back to that back corner yeah i mean you, you'd say it's a challenge but it's also a cheat code like hunting in snow like this no, is it's supposed super to be helpful. Like, it's supposed to be like all right this is our lives should get a little bit easier and 
by the time we got back to our, our main destination that we start at, um, you know, they're on the ground, pheasant tracks. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, we, we made the right choice. We can do this. Um, and we started walking down you know, a very long and well-crafted shelter belt. And um, birds started piling out here and there, wild, lots of hens. Um, you know, Baxter pointed one right in front of me and, and Aaron Blackschmidt, our videographer. And like he was, he was just solid, which uh, tickled me. I was like, yes, <laughs> look at this little dog doing bird dog things. <laughs> and, uh, and so I walk up to it and like nothing, nothing. And like Aaron's right behind me. So I'm like, all right, go get it, go get it. And just like, cause it was so thick, like I couldn't even get in there. And he relocated like a foot. And then again, just like stopped. And finally, like this hen got up and like, it might've hit him in the face by the time that it actually like busted out of there. And she's like, holy cow, like that is a tight holding bird. I hope mm -hmm. like, well, I hope we're not walking over too many. And it's like, I know we walked over a lot. Oh, I, I know yeah. we walked over a lot. And then uh, not too far after that, Chad was to my left and he was on like a, a grassy hill uh, to the group's left and probably a covey of what, like, Eight, ten sharpies got up out of range just yeah way out there yep saw us coming so it's like all right well we have our pheasant encounter we've seen sharpies close by you know my dream of being able to bag you know three different species off this one property and one hunt like it's in play everything mm -hmm. like, so far two are two are around right um and we, we kept on walking that shelter belt and by the time we got to the end i don't know if anyone even took a shot during that walk but at least 12 piled out at the end, like way, way too early. It's like, that, okay, that wasn't someone's dog being a knucklehead. That was like, these birds have been pushed around a time or two. Like they knew it was, was happening. So uh, I guess insider tip to anybody else who's gonna get out there this year, like be very, very quiet. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the first shelter belt walk. It, you're right, it, you started that with snow is a cheat code. And we've talked about that a lot. Like the first snow of the year, it just makes a lot of birds stupid. Mm -hmm. And there was a fair number of them that held super tight. I, you know, conversely, there were some running on the edge of that shelter belt that were blowing out the end too. Mm -hmm. So they weren't all dumb. <laughs> well, that's that's what that's the give and take with shelter belt hunting. True. That's that's, that's, that's true. why some people absolutely hate it. Um, mm -hmm. It's because those birds are always going to be able to see it. They're always going to be running. You're hoping to pin a few and you're hoping to like maybe like pinch them at the very end um but it can be like it can be exciting because it's like almost a guarantee that there are birds somewhere in this area but it can also be like excruciating because it's like you know you're not gonna get a ton of opportunities mm -hmm. but at least it kind of like recharges your meter a little bit because like you're seeing birds you know they're around and if they spill out into the grass on either side like maybe you'll you'll bump into them later yeah so at that point, my blood sugar crashed on me. I talked about it before. I'm a type one diabetic and, and uh, the combination of a new um, insertion location made the insulin absorb really fast on me today. And it was cold out and I think it was burning a lot more carbs. So I, I downed a couple of Gatorades and, and took a break while my blood sugar came up. And so I missed out on the Hungarian action. Um, who wants to take us through what happened uh, when you guys left me and got into that cubby hunt? Yeah, I think it has to be Erica. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were walking, I think it was a cut wheat field, if I remember correctly, um, going from that shelter belt to this long food plot that we were gonna hunt. So just. We're all pretty chill, lax at this point. We've just watched, walked that really long shelter belt. Renee and I had our guns slung over our shoulders, just kind of bebopping around, <laughs> talking like we always do. And uh, Andrew and Chad are just a few steps in front of us to our left. And all of a sudden, a whole big group of partridge get up. Uh, and of course, Renee and I are caught off guards with our guns on our shoulders and behind a little bit. So no shots fired by us, but Andrew and Chad both both shot and a hun went down. So luckily, Chad's aim was true. I, I got one shot off. I think Chad may have emptied his barrel like his chamber, <laughs> as is tradition on this trip at this point. Um, but no, he, he knocked one down for sure. The, the advantage again of hunting with a semi is I never have it slung over my shoulder. That's true. <laughs> and uh, and if you haven't noticed on this trip, I like to be on the left hand side because we're right hand shot. 
and I'm usually ready to go. And I got three shells, maybe I'll use them. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, like they surprised me too. They got up, and I in my head was like, a couple seconds. Oh, those are Huns, and then missed the first shot, knocked one down with the second, and then took a took a desperation one with the third. But did did knock one down. Definitely saw it go down, and, and I'm like, did you? Everybody else see that, right? One's on the ground, yeah. you know. And <laughs> pretty much everybody conferred. I'm like, well, we got six dogs. This is going to be easy. Let's get over there, you know. And I'll let Erica tell the rest of the story because her dog saved the day. Yeah, no, we, uh, I, I definitely saw it down, go down. I think Nate did too because we were just kind of watching. Obviously, we weren't shooting. Um, so walked, you know, kind of right over to the area where we thought it went down and thought it would be a pretty easy find because it dropped. We thought it dropped pretty hard. Um, and we all were searching. We were working our dogs really hard. They were going downwind, you know, coming upwind, looking for this bird. And uh, we were all kind of, you know, losing hope a little bit. Morale was going down. Um, and then all of a sudden, Oak sticks his nose into the ground. Renee sees the bird pop up just a little bit. And then Oak grabbed it um, mm. and had his first hunt in his mouth, which is pretty funny. He's had a lot of firsts this trip. So super cool to see him kind of figure it out, put it, it together. And Oak, is Oak one yet? He's one. He'll be one and a half next month. One and a half. And how old is Quill? It'll be two November 15th. Okay. They have both had really tremendous moments during this trip where they've they've grown a lot. I mean, right, like, yeah. water retrieve, first hunt. There was another first. For Sharpie. For yeah. Sharpie. Mm -hmm. And Quill had that, you know, Andrew's gift rooster yesterday. Mm -hmm. Had a, I think, will, will be a really great point on camera towards the end of the day today. Found Logan's bird uh, towards the end of the day today. Just uh, a lot of good moments for both of your dogs. Yeah, it's been so fun. Mm -hmm. I love watching them grow and come into their own. It's just, wild birds are where it's at for, for young dogs and pheasants can be a little bit tough on them, the mm -hmm. way they run and outsmart them a bit. But man, it's, it's so fun to do this consistently over a week and get them out there running and figuring it out. Yeah, there's just, the, the old saying is true. There's no substitute for what wild birds can teach a young bird dog. You know, break, they'll make mistakes, but they learn from them. And you can see them learning from different things, all, you know, all of our dogs included, right? Make a mistake one day and then the next day it's like, got it. Uh, you forgot a first uh, porcupine. Oh yeah, porky, first porcupine learning experience today too. Well, that, it wasn't just Oak on that, yes. though. Like, so, like, let's let's really break down what yeah. happened here. He had a partner in crime. Yeah, so the, the, the two best friend dogs were in this together. So I was following Andrew up a hill, imagine that, theme of the <laughs> entire trip. And I am about to leave my will and my soul behind me on this hill, and I'm just <laughs> dying, taking multiple breaks to get up to the top. And Andrew's, of course, on the ridge, ready to, like, hop over Mr. Longlegs over here. <laughs> And my Garmin goes off and it says Quill's on point. And so I yell up the hill, barely, because it can't breathe. I was just like, Andrew, can you see Quill? And he was back to your right, mm -hmm. kind of over the top and down a little bit in a scrubby juniper cedar bush. And as soon as I get to the top of the hill, miraculously, I look over and I see Quill on point in this bush and Oak jumping out of the bush, mm -hmm. over, like over Quill. And uh, Erica was like, porcupine. Yeah. And for once, it wasn't the German. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice to pull quills out of someone that was not my German dog. <laughs> mm. No, yeah, it's, uh, so I'm watching all this go down. I didn't hear Oak, like, yelp. Or, he like, didn't, He didn't no. make a single sound. Like, he just, like, exploded out of this bush and just started violently just shaking his like, head. Like, shaking his yeah. head. Like, I was like, skunk? No. Then, like, you actually see the glistening quills, like, sticking out of his snout. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Oh no, it finally happened because we've been really lucky this year. Yeah. Like we've had several pointed porcupines, you know, going back to Baxter's longest point he's ever had in his life. <laughs> um, you know, so like they've been kind of like an ongoing thing that you run into. And um, I will say it, it's it's a, a reminder for the people listening at home, but I was I was really impressed at how how quickly Erica and Renee were on that that dog and handling that scene. They had their le the Leatherman in hand. Like one person was containing the dog, the other person was working the, the like the nose. And maybe it's because she has a German dog and she's used to it. She's mm -hmm. done this a million times. Yes. But like, <clears throat> it's just like one of those reminders. Like when you go out of state and you're hunting these big properties, you have to be prepared. 
And like Logan and I were actually talking on the drive back here. It's like, imagine having your dog stuck in the face that far back from your truck, mm-hmm. not having any good way to actually like remove some of those quills. Mm-hmm. And like, God forbid, like one actually ends up like way back in the roof of the mouth or something like that. It's like, that could become like a really bad situation, but they were on it so quick. It was a handful of minutes and you no know, Oaks, like, all right, let's, let's go. What are you guys looking at? <laughs> there was, what did you think was going on, Chad? Cause you were on the top of the ridge. Well, with me. it was like, we were waiting for him. Cause we both kind of took opposite <laughs> paths up around this, this hill and this knob and, and, and we actually saw a few birds in that really like mm-hmm. covered down there. So like, I figured you guys went up the other way and I'm like, well, what's going on? We were standing up on one side and we couldn't see you guys. And I kept thinking you were coming around the corner and you weren't. And I finally said, well, let's head over there. All I see is like four people are kneeling down, like like in a row, like on this ridge. And I'm like, they're taking a freaking selfie. You <laughs> told it to me. Like, I was like, I don't think they're taking a selfie. I'm He's like, that. they're taking a selfie. <laughs> That's all I can see. Look, and it looked like, because it wasn't even like Aaron... He might, I'm sure at some point he got some great footage, but it looked like floating like in a line with like you could see the entire like coffee creek behind him. I'm like, well, okay, in my mind, that would make a good selfie, but then I you know, found out what really happened. Yeah, it was very entertaining because we were at top of the other ridge. I think it was me, you, and Logan. Yeah, like, and just waiting, like, what's what, going on? What is what's going on? on? We, which is okay because we left you guys right before that to go chase some birds, too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, is that where you had your redemption? Was that that scene? Okay, it's been an extremely eventful morning with snow falling the entire time. Uh, about half a mile in, get you in on point. I kicked around and a rooster flushed from behind me. Uh, well within range, I got hung up on wearing too many layers and uh, just puffed a little bit of feathers and that bird flew away. Unfortunately, um, then uh, we got into some huns and we were successful in bagging a hun, followed by uh, a redemption rooster, I'll call it. Hashtag redemption rooster. Came out of a shelter belt. And uh, so we have, we've seen sharp tails, we've seen huns, two coveys of huns, a variety of roosters. We've had a fair amount of shooting. But we got a rooster and a hunt in the bag. And I am completely covered in mud now because I just slid into Coffee Creek trying to cross it. We're soaked. We got smiles on our face as the snow continues to fall. We're going to move our way back towards the truck. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, Gitchy's still holding a grudge because I missed the bird she pointed. Logan just kind of sent this one my way over the shelter belt i had all the warning it's like rooster there comes over the shelter belt and yes so we actually we put that bird up right buck put that bird right when we got into that shelter belt and i saw where it landed i knew it was up there somewhere Mm. and you talk about anxiety and stress hunting the shelter belt that big that's the first time i'd ever been in a shelter belt that big with buck and i'm like he's birdie everywhere and i'm like trying to figure out like is he 100 yards in front of us I spent more time like beeping him during yeah. that, mm-hmm. during that probably half a mile hunt than I ever have in my life. And he started, that was kind of cool. He started figuring out, so, okay, you want me to go at about 40 yards and make a loop? All right, I got it, Dad. Mm-hmm. He started like doing that over and over and over again. But it was like, oh, I spent more time beeping. Like I didn't want to blow out birds. And it was more stressful to hunt some cover like that than what we normally do, which is we, we target those smaller patches where I can see what he's doing. So, 100%. You know, you're, yeah. you're young dogs in the shelter belts. You get a mix of pointers and flushers. I mean, yeah. it's a recipe for I, chaos. I mean, and Logan is only, you know, 15, 20 yards from me. And I can't see him. Like, I'm yelling mm-hmm. to him. He's yelling to me. And I know you were on the other right? side. Right. It's like grouse hunting to yeah. just make it's sure you're in a line yeah. and not shooting at people, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, thankfully, when a bird gets up, well, that's not true. I was gonna say most of them in the shelter belt get up high, but I think it was no, it was between you and I later where we had one just kind of flush very low straight away, two straight out, and then the Huns came out of there too. Right, and the Huns were oh, I was kicking myself because I saw him get up in front of me, and I don't know if there's a dog in front of me, and it was just like Huns gone. See yeah. ya, just right out of the tree row. I was like, yeah. I hope someone else gets a shot at those. We chased around. 
Han, like you had mentioned, two coveys of Huns. Uh, what, what's your guess on how many sharp tails? You probably didn't see all the ones I saw. Yeah. Yeah. They were wild today. Yeah, yeah sharp tails didn't want to play there. Yeah, because even before the porcupine incident. So like, in terms of like putting things in chronological order, you got the monkey off your back, you slammed that rooster, finished off that shelter belt, and you actually kicked out sharpies at the end of that. Yeah, they were just out of my range. I didn't so, take yeah, so at that point, we had, we had a rooster, we had a hunt, all we needed was the sharpies, mm -hmm. and then you just happened to have some just barely out of range. Yeah. Um, so from there, we kind of went to where the porcupine incident happened. But before then, like there were sharpies getting mm -hmm. up to the the right of Renee and Erica. Like I want to say consistently, it was like ones and twos here, and they're like randomly like hundred plus yards away. Like we're not even looking at them. It's like what are you doing over there? Like, yeah, there's they cow. weren't in the shelter. Well, there were some in shelter bills, but the majority of the sharpies were just kind of in like sage bushy sort of stuff. And we didn't even have a chance on them. Like they just didn't want to play ball, which it happens. It's late season. Sharpies are kind of notorious for mm -hmm. you know becoming really skittish really quick, which is maybe why people you know try to run their dogs when it's ninety degrees early season because yeah. you know by the time it's now late October, it's good luck getting close to them. Yeah. Yeah, they become more and more of a challenge as the season goes on, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. So you can tell we didn't get a Sharpie today, but it wasn't the end of the hunting because we, we walked another shelter belt and we got some shots at Huns. I don't remember if we got any shots at Pheasants walking that kind of a final shelter belt before we dropped yeah, into the canyon. So. I don't think so. So we got to the end of there and then... You know, I'm, I'm watching Baxter like work the shelter belt from afar, and normally he does exactly what Chad's trying to keep Oak from doing, and that's like he's just all over the place, probably just like a little too far. Um, but he wasn't doing that. Like he was within 40 yards the whole time. And it's like all right, well he's right in line with the hunters. It's like okay, whatever. And then he kind of like scooted out a little bit, and I noticed it's like you look rough, bud. Like you look real rough. Like I remember like actually like having a human conversation with him for a moment because that's what you do with your dog, right? <laughs> and it's just like, are you, are you okay, bud? Like, are you, are you hurt? Are you like, do you want to find birds? And he's just like, kind of like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> just like, okay, like, do you have to go to the bathroom? Like, like he's like, because like he would stop like almost every 30, 40 yards and almost like look like he had to like squat. I mean, he's a male dog, obviously. And it's like, what's, what's up with this like, humpback trot walk scoot thing like what something's like wrong right now and it's like you you know again he really wants to earn spirit of the hunt award for the third year bro so he wants to, he wants to keep on going and he knows that both oak and quill are like they're they're gunning for it so he knows there's a target on his back that's what happens to champions there's a target on your back and so and so it's just like he wants to keep going. He wants to will those little Tinker Tinkerbell legs like forward, but it's like it just wasn't clicking. And so I, I had to make the call like at the end. I'm like, guys, like I I can't in like good faith let this dog just keep doing this to himself. Like this isn't right, and my wife will kill me because that's like her dog and her running companion and like her little knucklehead. And it's just like I I need to do what's right for the dog. Mm -hmm. and, and you you should always do what's right for for your dog. And like. Like that should, it sounds like a given, but when you're in this type of landscape, fresh snow, it's like, you do have that urge just to like, ah, I just, there's, I know they're just around here, but it's like, no, we're pulling it. And so like getting it back to the truck, they were like, it wasn't a good experience for me. Like, it was just like, come on, man, we're almost there. And like, I was like, almost like coaching him along, like, good boy, good boy. Come on. We're almost there. Let's do this. It's just like, you like part of you just almost feels bad for him at that mm -hmm. point. And it's just like, just get to the truck, get to the truck, get to the truck. And we finally did. And he was just like, he was about to run through that door, like to get into that truck. Like he was just like, get me out of here. I can't stop shivering. And I was like, ah, I hope it's just cold. But he's, I mean, we should point this out. Like normally like we rotate our dogs quite a bit on the mm -hmm. road trip. The way it's worked out this year, like all the dogs except your two pups that have rotated here and there. And you have been running both at the same time as well, but they've all gone 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, well, maybe it's like probably fatigue catching up with them. It's the end of day five. It's yesterday was like 40 degrees and downpour. Today's like 30 degrees and like sleet. Like he's not, he's a content, he's a, 
he's a snobby continental breed that wears a top hat and a monocle, right? Like, so it's just, he's not built for it. So I was kind of concerned. And mm-hmm. luckily by the time we got back to the hotel and dried out, he's like, what's up? Let's play. It's <laughs> like, okay. So it wasn't a stamina thing. It is worth stressing. Like, okay, so people here, it's snowing, uh, you know, and just... It's not twenty degrees and powdery snow. No, right? it's it, it gross. It was it was thirty two, thirty three degrees. Snow turning as soon as it hits you, it turns to water. Mm-hmm. And the wind was, I don't know, what do you think, twenty mile an hour winds yeah. sustained with gusts. So it, it was cold. Um, once you got wet, it was cold, and particularly for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, Started to get slushier as the day went on, mm-hmm. uh, like. I don't know what time we quit, but a couple, an hour before every, I was soaked at that point because it started mm-hmm. to just turn to slush on the snowberry and all the brush. And that meant that snow was coming on you. And then we started crossing those creeks and yeah. that's when Quill's paws gave out and he was, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Can't, he couldn't. So Andrew leaves us from where we've been hunting shelter belts and grass on top of the hill. And you're, you are hundred percent right. Cause I, like I was wet from my knees down up to that point. And then everybody and their dogs, except Andrew and Baxter, like, yeah, I, I think we're okay. Let's, let's do it. Part of it was where Renee just was a killer yesterday, right? Had tremendous success with, um, with the roosters. We're like, let's get back to that general area. Um, and we dropped down to the river bottom in the snow berries. And like you say, now we're working in cover that's basically waist high and you i don't know about you guys but i just felt the the wetness and the cold seep in like within five minutes and that's where quill started to get um, ice on his pads too yeah they started like pruning up his his paws did and he didn't want to go and that dog doesn't have any quit in him so it was that's when i knew it was Mm -hmm. time i carried him across the creek one time just to save him because it seemed like we would go from that snow, he'd hit that uh, open water and then go back up into the snow. And that's where it got worse on him each time. So I started carrying him and it's tough on him. And yeah. that's when you had to make the decision to beeline for the truck and be done. So we did. We made the decision to beeline for the truck. You, uh, Renee, Erica, and Aaron took, I guess it'd be the north side of the creek. Logan, Nate, and I took the south side. We sort of, and, and Chad, you were there too. You were kind of, you, you joined us after so, a little bit of a ca- couple things like I will say Buck and I missed Baxter today. Like I don't, this is probably the first day that he didn't hunt with us for a significant period of time. <laughs> so, so Chad is the, the fun uncle. He's the funkle, <laughs> uncle Chad, and then Baxter loves him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like we did at the last time, we did pretty much the hunt that we did yesterday. I was confident I knew what you guys were going to do. And I was like, well, if this is the last push of the day, I'm going to, swing out wide, hit some other cover that we hadn't quite hit this time, and also not put my dog in the creek. <laughs> so, so Buck was still pretty fresh at this point. We just we just kind of took a wide berth, hit some other, oh, that snowberry stuff where they like to hold up. Didn't end up getting the bird out of there. I knew exactly where you guys were going to go and push into that little honey hole where there always birds come out of there. We worked a little food plot, hoping we were going to push something to you. We ended up putting up a hen in there, but... Hmm. Um, yeah, so I was a little bit out of the picture for the last maybe 45 minutes of the hunt doing kind of our own thing. So my my pup that I had out today, Gitch, um, as soon as we got into the snowberries, she started shivering. She got cold yeah. very right at the same time that Quill did. And most folks will criticize short hairs. Well, they can't hunt in cold. And like, well, okay, maybe not as much as some other breeds, but... Um, you know, today, not ideal condition. I am curious about the lab oak and the golden buck. Um, with heavier coats, did you feel like your dogs were getting cold and damp or were were they kind of uh, like you were dealing with the coldness that we were? I think when Quill got cold, I could tell Oak's paws were starting to get a little cold, but we were also stopping quite a bit, but he still just wanted to hunt just the same. So It seemed like Oak was, yeah, like, was ready to I'm, rock. I'm all right. Yeah, I was way more concerned about the first two days of this hunt when it was 70-ish, mm-hmm. 75, and like Buck was in his, he was doing snow angels like <laughs> most of the day. Like anytime he could stop and like roll around in the snow, 
There, there he is. I mean, he's, this, this is what he was bred from. We've been waiting for the temperature to change. Yeah. And like you did see our one day of fall, we went from 75 degrees one day, 60 the next, which was like our mm -hmm. fall day, and now it's winter. Yeah. So like, yeah. You know, you got, yeah. I knew that I was ready to tap out along with um, some of the dogs when I, as we were crossing the creek, I felt Renee successfully crossed the creek, Erica successfully crossed the creek. I got to the other side of the creek and then, and then I slipped into it. <laughs> Uh, uh, my full butt, and uh, yeah, that at that point it was time to uh, go to the truck. It, uh, of course, I did turn around, and Nate was recording me. You can't have a blooper reel that's not on film. <laughs> yeah, good grief. So we do beeline it um, down the creek bottom to where um, we saw a lot of birds at the very end near the gravel road. Um, yesterday and did not disappoint there was a lot of a lot of shrubbery uh, a lot of winter berries and right off the edge of a food plot yeah and i think what started the sequence if i recall correctly it was quill on point and hen got up two hens, two hens. Two hens. Yeah. that's two right hens. two hens which was just the perfect little point to end on which i love especially because he was so tired he was completely cashed out but it's like, I'm still doing my He's job still. until we're done. Yeah. So yeah, two hens got out um, in front of Oak and Quill there. And then pandemonium on the hillside. And then pandemonium at the end. Two roosters got up um, right before we got to the end, end edge of the road in a really, really thick area. Mm -hmm. One bank to the left and Logan made it a very good long shot and dropped that rooster and Quill helped find that one. And I made a, a long shot and winged a rooster, which uh, we had a lengthy chase and came up empty, unfortunately. And that uh, brought us to the gravel road and ended our, our final day of rooster road trip. And we, uh, we all got to our vehicles and turned the heaters on um, as we closed up uh, the kennels and broke down the shotguns. And, yeah, I mean, looking at the clock, when Baxter and I got back, we were out there for four hours straight, like no breaks, just going for it. And you guys were back about 45 minutes, almost an hour after that. I mean, five hours and, and basically just glorified sleep. Like, we, we, we gave it all we had. Like, yeah. There's nothing to feel bad about that. Like, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with uh, not only the dogs, but the people, because that's conditions that can just kind of make you just kind of wonder, like, what are you doing? Like, is this, is this insane? Um, but it was, it was, a, it was a blast. It was a fun time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just kind of goes for this entire road trip in general. It's just been a lot of fun to see just this bird dog menagerie. Like it's like all these different breeds <laughs> at all these different ages, all of them just like chaos in the field. And that, that's traditionally what rooster road trip is. It's like, for those who are uninitiated, they think it's like a bunch of well-oiled like machines. And it's just like, <laughs> No, this is a circus. Like, let's just cue up the music. And, like, that's this is kind of how we roll, and it, it's fun. And it's, yeah. if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. <clears throat> Earlier this year, I don't know if you remember that I was talking about going into the boundary waters. And you're like, the number one thing is having the right group of people. You have to, you have to play Shackleton. You have to, you have to have the right group. It, everybody's got to kind of be easygoing, flexible, adaptable, right? And the, Something goes wrong like that. Oh, I don't know, power cord for your podcasting equipment phrase, and you can't record a podcast. Somebody figures out, well, let's just use the video camera and turn on the audio, you know, which we've used the entire trip. Um, this has been a really fun group, really easygoing, and the dogs have gotten along. Like, you put, I don't know, however many dogs we have together in the field, and you, generally there's a little spat. And there hasn't been a single one. I mean, it's been really um, fun-loving, easy, and, and successful. And hopefully folks um, take away uh, that Montana is a place that you should plan your own rooster road trip. Um, you're, you know, if you're a member of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, you know, that access that we're helping put in place, no matter where in the country it is, um, that's yours to go out and explore. And uh, some of the most beautiful um, are definitely here in Montana. Right, Chad? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just wait five years to come. Yeah. yeah, just don't come near. I, I hear North year. Dakota's pretty nice too. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't want to sell it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will. So we will be back with one final recap episode of On the Wing podcast, recapping Rooster Road Trip, and and uh, as well as answering a few questions from our social media audience. But um, as we close out the uh, the final in the field episode here in Lewistown, Montana, um, Andrew, tell us about the membership offer for Ro- Rooster Road Trip uh, going on right now, but not for long. Yeah, it's going to be uh, coming well nearing its end. Uh, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, as far as the Rooster Road Trip offer is concerned. Um, and so, anybody who signs up to become a Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever. Uh, member at roosterroadtrip.org uh, will automatically receive a browning lockback folding uh, rosewood handled knife. It's a nice little everyday carry. Um, it I can confirm it can clean birds as well. Um, so it's a, kind of a, a nice little do it all. But the real uh, thing you want to be after is uh, the Browning 725 Satori shotgun that I've been talking around all week. And I dried it off again today. I took it all <laughs> apart. It's still in good good condition now that the blueing's still great. So don't don't sweat that. Um, but anybody who signs up for as a member through this offer through this special period uh, will be automatically entered to win that gun. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll run something through the tubes too for you just to get that nice polish. <laughs> and you'll get uh, your subscription to Pheasants Forever Journal or Quail Forever Journal. You'll get the calendar in the mail in September. And most importantly, you know, for 40 years, 90 cents on the dollar has gone into the habitat mission, creating better habitat, more public access, and introducing new people to the outdoors. So. Um, it's a small price to pay for doing a hell of a lot of good. So if you're already a member, thank you very much. Consider jumping in and renewing or extending. We'll throw a full year on to your membership if you join through this offer. Or become a life member. If you've been thinking about like, "Ah, I mean, I want to do more, become a life member. It's a thousand dollars. You're a member for life. Hence being called a life member. Um, and we'll, we'll throw you that, that Yeti Hopper 18 cooler that uh, we were, we were talking about as well. And, you know, those those elite memberships go a long way. You know, Bob just spoke to the efficiency of our organization. Well, you know, think of the T-Town property and the Dole Wildlife Area program and how that comes together. Think about how, like, local chapters, you know, function and are able to put something like Coffee Creek together. You know, it's the membership dues help all of that come together. Um, it's kind of like the, the, the backbone of the organization. So if you want to do more, now's the time. Uh, you know, we're, we're, when this airs, it'll be towards the, the end of November. It's coming up as the holiday season. You know, consider gifting a membership. Uh, just think about what you're doing now and if you can do more because you know it's worth it. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a conservationist, you're an upland hunter. It's the end, end of uh, you know, the year's coming up. You know, think if you can do more. Uh, that's my challenge to you. You know, piggybacking on that, you made a comment, I think, in the last day or two, Andrew, like, we had all the dogs just kind of sitting there, like, I think seven dogs. And um, I don't know how many life member dogs we had out there today. Mm-hmm. Bucks a Duel, QFPF life member. Anybody else? I got two life member yeah, dogs, but they're not dogs. duels, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're already a life member, guess who loves being outdoors probably more than you? Mm-hmm. It's it's those dogs we had running around today, mm-hmm. or this whole week. So that's a great offer, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, make your dog a life member. Um, you know, I've got, like I said, Bucks a dual life member. My last dog is no longer with us. He was a life member. And I think they enjoy that habitat as much or more than, than any of us walking in it. So don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. As we uh, close out this episode, I want to also thank our, our uh, Rooster Road Trip sponsors, Browning, Federal Ammunition, Rufflin Kennels, Apple Autos, Sound Gear, and Garmin. Please go to roosterroadtrip.org, sign up and uh, check out that membership offer, check out all the content. Um, And then finally, I want to say to Renee, to Erica, to Chad, thank you very much for for being a part of this. And Andrew for organizing. I don't think anybody has any idea how much orchestration it takes to put rooster road trip together it you know from the outside looking in it's kind of like oh they're just going on a bird hunt and that 
couldn't be further from the truth from, um, you know, working with the entire marketing team to create the graphics and the, the website, um, the videos, um, you know, Aaron Blackschmidt, Nate Akey, uh, Emily Snyder, Hunter Booth, Logan Hinners, Andy Fondrick. Um, we got a, just a tremendous team of folks that love this organization, love creating Habitat. And we all play kind of our own unique part from sending out an email blast to creating graphics. Um, we, we take a lot of pride in what we do and um, supporting folks like the Central Montana chapter that put uh, Coffee Creek on the map. And um, that's seeing it with our own eyes um, just sort of deepens that commitment that we all feel for this mission. Let's make another one. Yeah. So hopefully you're listening and you understand that passion for chasing birds and loving the uplands and loving bird dogs. Please join and uh, learn more. Maybe you can do something else. Leave us a piece of property that we can turn into public habitat for uh, future generations. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of On the Wing Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Riding Shotgun, Rooster Road Trip 2022, Montana Mixed Bag Edition. I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you, yes, you know what I'm going to say. Always follow that dog. Something good will rise. Thanks, folks.